Hello everyone, welcome to episode 704 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. This year's Cold Waves Festival covers three cities over three weeks, starting in New York City, September 13th through 15th, Chicago, September 21st through 23rd, and finishing in Los Angeles, September 27th through 29th. Featured acts include Ogre, Frontline Assembly, Beat Manifesto, Decrypts, The Black Queen, C-Tech, ChemLab, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links, including pre-shows, post-shows, and VIP packages. This week, we're chatting with Eric Powell. This is Hellbent.
we did this tour. It was in 1995, I think. It was called the Chaos World or whatever. I don't know. Chaos Tour. And it was with Bile and Halo Black and 16 Volt and Chem Lab and Virus 23. And it was like this cool tour, you know. And, and um, I think it was a bit extraordinary for what it was. And it, it just couldn't, like the budget just fell apart. Um, I think it was like halfway through it or it was a long time ago. So, but, uh, we ended up doing a handful of dates, but not all the dates and, uh, you know, got to finally like, you know, super hang on tour with, with, uh, Brian Black and Levi and all those guys and stuff and Jared, of course, and, um, Servo and, you know, it's just like all these different guys that we had met on, you know, on shows here and there, but had never really like spent a whole bunch of time together. And, uh, you know, we just kind of clicked really good me and brian like I, i've always loved what brian does man like the halo black stuff was so cool um he's just got this like sensibility that's so weird and cool and like simple but like really intricate i don't know we just kind of from what i remember i mean we just you know we all thought it would be fun to do a project together and something that was a little bit like really kind of tongue-in-cheek and like you know i think part of it came from we were hearing sort of like the music that was being played before our shows and we we're sort of like dude this would be like so easy to just like bang some of this stuff out and like, we could do it in like this really fun way and like you know and it was just sort of like this fun idea and you know brian had a friend at that time this guy jordan no good who uh, was graphic designer you know he kind of like had the whole sort of branding aspect of it you know what do we make it look like and how does it you know all that kind of stuff and so Brian and Jordan flew out to Portland for, I think it was about a week or two. I had a studio at that point at my house, you know, and we just kind of sat in there and wrote like most of the stuff. It wasn't enough to put out an album. So, you know, we kind of at that point started thinking about who else would be cool to have involved. And it was like, well, let's get Levi to like drop some bass on this stuff and let's get, you know, Jared to do some vocals. And, you know, it just kind of built into that first release that we did. So you know, there's a few songs after they were in Portland that um, were really just like more Brian and Jared and Levi. And uh, I mean, you can kind of hear the difference. I can anyways, you know, the stuff that's a little bit more like upbeat and poppy, I guess, would be the stuff I, I was kind of more involved in. But, you know, it's just like a cool project and we put it out and it was fun and definitely like not, you know, a big band or anything. It was just sort of like a cool release. That was pretty much it. You know, we never had any like ideas to play live or anything like that. It was just kind of a fun side project. And then, gosh, I think it was like 2005 or something or four. We ended up doing another record that was called uh, Hardcore Vanilla. It might even have been later. I don't remember right now, but um, it ended up getting picked up by um, Invisible Records. And so, you know, had Martin Atkins like mix it and all that stuff. And Again, just just a side project, just like fun stuff to do, and that's pretty much it. We ended up doing a tour together. There was one point where all of us were actually at in the same city, and we did play like a couple Hellbent songs at the end of this show that we did, and it was a disaster. You know, none of us knew the lyrics, and it was just like we're holding like a piece of paper with like the lyrics on it, and and I mean it was just it was it was a disaster. So I mean, there's never really intentions to do anything more than that with it you know three murders three nights was always like my absolute favorite hellbent song i i've listened to that song to death so was that just a song that that you guys came up from scratch or was that was that like a 16 volt song was that someone else's song 
no, that was when we came up from scratch. That was in Portland. And, um, you know, we just kind of started doing this thing and, and we kind of thought like, let's make this a story, you know, not anything that's like obviously too, too obvious or whatever, but it's just like try to tell a story here about like a murderer basically. <laughs> and this guy who does like three murders in three nights and, you know, and he sort of leaves clues, sort of like a really short version of like the movie seven or something. Right. So, um, that was kind of the idea with that. And we just, I mean, man, it was like, we're writing lyrics as we're like writing the song. And it, I mean, it probably took us like three hours, four hours, you know, it's just really fun and quick, you know? So the first release, fifth column put it out and then recon put out the, the 0 0.01 or, or zero dot zero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I missed it on fifth column, but I got it on recon. I just wanted to talk about those labels. Which for is why, yeah. <laughs> That's why we did that. <laughs> right. I'm too young to really appreciate what Wax Tracks was to a lot of people, but I was 15 and 16, and I was buying everything that I could find on Fifth Column or Recon. So I just I wanted to go into like what you remember from those labels. Yeah, I mean, at the time, like it, you know, I don't think we even really realized <clears throat> that Wax Tracks was like phasing out. You know, um, we had just been sort of like reaching out to them, trying to be on Wax Tracks, and you know, sort of soliciting our stuff around. I mean, for us, you know, we ended up on, on reconstruction just because like I had sent, you know, demo cassettes out to a few radio stations. And of course, like Chase who started reconstruction was getting a deal with cargo records to start a label. And, you know, he thought we were one of the bands that could be on the, on the label. So, um, you know, we were, I think it was either us or diatribe that was the first band that was signed to signed to reconstruction. And, I mean, it was really just like, it wasn't intentional. I mean, I don't think we were sitting around going like, hey, this is going to be like the new like Wax Tracks thing. You know, I think it was more just like, this label wants to put out our stuff. It seems pretty cool and let's go. You know, I don't think it was really, it was so naive, you know, at that time. It, you know, I think for us, we wanted to be on Wax Tracks, but it was sort of like, well, what's better? What's the next best thing? Let's go, let's do this, you know? Uh, you, start, you also started talking about the, um, the Wax Tracks documentary. Yeah, I mean, that was like, you know, I got to go last year to the screening um, in L.A. And it was cool, you know, seeing seeing what happened, really, because we, we never really knew, like, me and, you know, sort of our generation of guys. And um, I remember, like, right after watching it, I saw a couple guys that, you know, are, are in the same, sort of same same thing that we've done as on sort of like either, you know, like Recon or Fifth Column or whatever it might be that we were all sort of hunting down trying to get on wax tracks. And we were sort of like, oh, that's what happened, you know, like. Maybe some of us would actually end up on Wax Tracks if it had kept going, but you know we didn't even really know the story. So that was really cool to see, kind of what happened and why it happened. Of course, was was sad and stuff, but uh, you know it was just it was cool to kind of like make some sense of what happened, you know, early on. But uh, you know, it just became sort of you know I guess for us, you know, we kind of realized that a couple years into it that, you know, that was sort of like the new place to go, you know? And of course, like with recon, it was a lot more sort of guitar based, which we were. And, you know, there's bands that we thought were really great that were part of that label too. So we started to kind of see that start going in that direction anyway. So it seemed like a good place for us at the time. I love the, the wax tracks pop-up store that they do every year at cold waves in the, in the Metro merch area. I saw Wade Allen one year wearing this pristine-looking 
reconstriction shirt and i was like how can i get one of those i never got a recon shirt and i just i would love to have one of those now it's too late Inside and then I'll slide, slide, fall 
who decided to, to bring it back together for Cold Waves? Was it you? Was it Jared? Was it Jason? You know, it wasn't even really for Cold Waves. Um, I had, over the winter, just sort of like started um, th- thinking about what I'm going to do next. And, um, you know, we had put out the new 16-volt EP last year and um, kind of wanted to take a little break from that, um, you know, writing that way and just do something a little different. And, you know, I'd started listening to like a bunch of scratch tracks that I have and kind of stumbled onto this like Hellbent folder. And I just started listening to stuff. I was like, man, like it would be cool to like do this live, you know, not even really having to like write anything, but just like nobody's ever seen it live. And, you know, we go uh, <clears throat> on tour and people always ask me about it at shows. They're like, when's Hellbent going to play, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, I think for us, it was always just like, Haha, yeah, right. I kind of got to a point where I was like, well, what if, like, what if we could pull it off and like do this and do something cool with it? And, you know, it doesn't have to be like a repeat necessarily. The music kind of stands on its own, you know, of course, having like me in, in the Northwest and having like Jared in England and having Brian in London or in New York, <laughs> you know, it was sort of like, well, you know, there was a moment where it's like, I mean, if, if I can't get like Jared and Brian to do something, like, is it even worth doing, you know? Um, and I think like, you know, after talking to a bunch of people, it's like, man, even if you get like one of them, or even if you can't get both of them, like you're still part of Hellbent, a big part of it. Like, why not just do it and do it for like the music and just kind of see what happens. Um, so I ended up booking this show here out in Portland. I was like, let's do it, man. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, booked Hellbent on this thing and like started, you know, having to like piece together tracks and figure out what's going on. And then, you know, I know that with 16 volt, I mean, I love playing cold waves and last year in LA, Jason was like, Hey, you know, that 16 volts played cold waves more than any other band. Right. And I was like, what? So, I mean, the, the door is closed for 16 volts to play Hellbent. I mean, to play uh, uh, cold waves again right now, you know, it's like, you know, we're not going to do it. So I like to be around it and be involved in it. So I kind of threw the idea at Jason. Um, hey, what if, what if, uh, you know, Hellbent could play on these, these, these shows, you know? He was like, hmm, that could be pretty cool, you know? So we kind of talk, talked about it and, like, who would be involved. And, you know, I think he came to the same conclusion, too. It's like, well, I mean, even if you can't get Jared and Brian out, I mean, it would still be really cool to see. And so we did it, you know, and booked on the Cold Waves. So we're doing all three all three Cold Waves, which will be really fun. And Jared's going to be there as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, it's just like, it, to me, it's just for fun and it's for friends and just playing this cool, cool set for people, you know, it's, it's really different for me than 16 volt. I haven't really played live with anything other than 16 volt. I mean, there was Revco and stuff, but like, that's something that, that I'm sort of responsible for, you know? So it's really different. The approach is totally different. Like the equipment's different, the whole thing's different. So it's, it's really kind of a fun thing for me right now. Getting together live is difficult, but nowadays it seems like so many people can make new music no matter where they are, just sending files to other people. So does that mean that there might be new Hellbent music? Well, you know, uh, I guess it's a good time to let the cat out of the bag there. Yeah, we are working on a new EP. (laughs) It's very much in line with, you know, what Hellbent is. We're not going to take it in in a different direction or anything. Uh, So it's, it's been a blast to work on it and we're kind of just, I guess we're sort of in the, the beginning stages of like ideation, you know, and just kind of coming up with cool things and uh, that'll turn into songs later. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We're kind of hoping for like maybe fall to release it. I don't, I don't think it'll be in time for cold waves, but you know, it's kind of nice not being on a label and having to worry about like 
when we have to release things and having to stick to a schedule and labels are always like, you'd never release anything in the winter. You know, you have to wait till like February or March. And, you know, nowadays it's like, well, we'll just put it out when we're ready to put it out. I don't really care when that is, you know, um, when, when it's ready to go, it'll go and it'll be, we'll feel good about it when it goes out. Tell me a little more about this, uh, this Portland festival that you have going on. There's a guy out here, Derek Moore, who's, um, sort of like the, the main promoter out here for, you know, industrial and stuff. And, um, he's been doing it for like decades. Um, he's been one of my good buddies for a long time. He actually came out on tour with us on a bunch of different tours, uh, even cold waves. And, um, he did this festival, the first one, I think it was like probably 20 years ago. And, uh, it was called pig fest, which is like Portland industrial goth fest. Did it at this venue here called the Paris theater couple of years after that actually turned into like a porn theater it's like downtown in the sort of like seedy area and you know just kind of sketchy and um yeah so it's been a porn theater for like the last decade and it's just a it's just a nasty with nasty place they ended up someone in, ended up coming in and buying buying the theater and like they completely redid it inside <laughs> i don't want to even understand how that happened because it's you know you think about renovating a porn theater that's been around for 10 years uh wow like hazmat you know but no man they re they redid this place and it's actually it's like a beautiful venue the sound system's incredible the entire like back wall of the stage is an led screen and um they just spared no expense the the bar's just great i mean it's just a cool little venue it's not like a big you know really big venue it's just perfect size for something like that so we just kind of were like hey man what if we like redid you know br brought this thing back to life so last year um you know, that's what we did. We brought it back to life. We did uh, like a three-day thing. I think we had like five bands a night. It's all Portland bands. You know, just kind of rolled the dice to see what kind of response we'd get and how many people would show up and if it would even work. And um, it did It did really well. So, you know, we, our thing was like, hey, let's try it. And if it's cool, we could maybe do this every year and uh, grow it every year. So like this year, we're doing it again. This is Pig Fest 3. And we opened it up to like... Uh, bands from portland and seattle this time so we've got a good mix of bands from portland seattle and then if this year goes good i think we're gonna open it up even more and start bringing in some like nationals and stuff like that and just kind of do it i mean there's a bunch of great festivals around and we're sort of like why not there's not one up here you know you know there's um sanctuary festival and there's um terminus so there's these little festivals everywhere and it's like well, let's do one up here i love doing it i love, I love being involved in like all the logistics and doing a show is like great. I mean, on the, the, you know, promoter side of things, not on the band side of things, but you know, working on a show is great, but it's, it's sort of like, it's just one day and it's, it's not too much work compared to doing a festival. And I don't know. I just, I think it's super fun to work on. So that's kind of what we're doing. And it's, it's got some great bands on it. We got God, uh, God module and, um, internal, um, 16 volts playing it. Of course, Hellbent, the whole bunch of other bands, <laughs> And uh, it's the website is pigfestpdx.com if anybody wants to check it out. So it's pretty cool. We're, we're really excited about it.
On this episode, you heard Three Murders, Three Nights, Heliophobic, and Forget You. 
Hellbent can be found at facebook.com slash hellbent where the E's are threes. Our opening music is Madmaker by Acumen Nation. Our closing music is Messiah by Splitzer Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Jenna Rose from Anatomy. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, fallen Chicago musician, and soundman Jamie Duffy. Here's Eric again talking about recording his album, Let Down Crush, at the same studio Jamie was working on Acumen's latest album. I think before we came out, Jamie actually gave me a call on the phone and was like, hey, um, you know, you're, I see you're on the schedule, because he was working at tracks at that point, Chicago, uh, Chicago tracks, and just saying, oh, I'm just, you know, like, stoked that you're coming out and, like, huge fan or whatever. And we came into the studio one day, and there was, <laughs> there was um, gay porn magazines, like, taped up. I mean, it was like the entire walls of the whole studio was all like super hung, like gay porn dick. And then there was a blow up doll like on top of the console and they just like had taken the liberty of like redecorating and, you know, so we just kind of walked in and it was, it was a good laugh. And with, uh, we used to leave them messages and shit on, there's a grease pencil, you know, we'd leave them messages and stuff, just like stupid shit like that, you know. But I mean, in that time, we, it's not, we didn't like go out and party or anything like that. We were just like trying to work and get our shit done and, you know, just kind of like, I mean, it, you, you look back on it now and you realize that like there was a bond being created, but at that point we were just fucking around with each other. We didn't really know, you know, we were all kids. We were just like, just having fun, fucking around.